Are you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. Excited to be here again today with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And as always, this isn't going to surprise any of you because I do this every single week. I have an exciting guest with me in studio today. I want to introduce to you Julie Diazavedo Hanks. Say hello, Julie. Hello. Happy to be here, Paul. Now, I should tell people a little bit about who you are, too. Okay. Julie is a licensed clinical social worker. And that means that she does a lot of the same things that I have done throughout my career in counseling and therapy and working with people in a clinical setting mm-hmm. to help them with whatever package they bring to the table with whatever their life story is. And that is very rewarding work, wouldn't you say so? It is. I absolutely love it. People will often ask, how do you do that? How do you listen to people's problems? Uh-huh. And, and I, I love it. <laughs> Well, I had to learn early on, and you probably did too, that there's a big difference between my problems and your problems. Mm -hmm. And if I can let you keep yours... (laughs) Then I can walk away from work and have my own life. That's right. Go deal with my own. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's it's such rewarding work. It really is. And I've I've often said that psychology is a great spectator sport. (laughs) I love that. I get to sit in and observe people's lives. Mm -hmm. And they're so gracious to share that with me. And they're trusting me to be able to apply my expertise or experience or whatever to help them. But what an honor to to sit in. It really is. So as as a clinical social worker, you are also the founder and director of a thriving practice Yes. Wasatch Family Therapy, which is located in Salt Lake City. Uh-huh. And you have a number of therapists there. I think if people want to get connected to that, wasatchfamilytherapy.com mm-hmm. is your website. Correct. And uh, it's great that you have a web presence, too. I've talked to a lot of my clinical friends that you can't find online anywhere. It's unbelievable that people don't have websites at this, you know, this in day today's age. world. I know. Exactly. We're doing a little seminar in about two weeks uh, to help people to start to understand this new world of media Mm. that we have. Speaking of media, that leads to the next thing. You are also the host of a remarkable little show on KJAZZ TV, Mm -hmm. which is here on the Wasatch Front, but people can connect to that through uh, KJazz's website. Mm-hmm. KJazz, KJZZ.com. KJazz.com, spelled KJZZ. And there's some, some video mm-hmm. uh, that's posted there. They can pick up little pieces of the show, at least. Right, right. And it's the show the is website. called um, Home Team. And I produce and host You and Me Monday. It's a show mm-hmm. all about 
improving our relationships. And this is one of the ways we got connected. Mm-hmm. As I found out some of the things you were doing and we had some exchanges and you were interested in what I was doing and vice versa. And I came and appeared on your show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Two, maybe three a, weeks ago. Maybe a month or so. You did and, a fabulous job, Oh, by the thank way. you. You know, it was a lot of fun. And you're a great host. Well, thanks. I'm, <laughs> I'm slowly but surely, I'm learning... Learning the ropes. Well, this show that you do, it's, uh, it's the home team series, I guess you can call it. Mm-hmm. It's a five-day show. Right, 9, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. on uh-huh. KJS TV, and you anchor the Monday one, right? which is all about relationships. And with your experience as a, as a licensed clinical social worker and a founder of this therapy clinic and just everything that you've learned in life. Mm-hmm. Mother uh, of four, wife of <laughs> good. almost 20 years. You know. <laughs> I thought you were going to say wife of many or something. No, like. no, no. <laughs> Julie. Just one. <laughs> just one. <laughs> well, you're uniquely qualified to, to, to bring a certain kind of value to people. And some of the interest that I had in inviting you to join us at Live on Purpose Radio today was to tap into some of that experience that you have as you have counseled with people and as you have observed people's lives and, and been able to, to take part in that very meaningful work that you and I both do. Uh, the topic that we sort of settled in on today is getting to the heart of it. And uh, the tagline would be moving from contention to compassion in marriage. Mm-hmm. And this is a little different twist than we did on your show a couple of weeks ago, because that one was all about divorce. Right. Now we're focusing on marriage. Let's <laughs> see what we can do about the marriage part of it. Yeah. But, you know, divorce kind of sets it up well, because I have found, I, I ask my clients sometimes, do you know what the divorce rate is in the United States? And Are you aware of what it is? Currently, Julie? Um, it's around 50%. That's, I think it's actually gone down the last few years. I sure hope so. But, but that's always a good guess because it's been right around 50% for who knows how long, yeah. meaning that about half of the marriages fail. Now, I, I, I teach in some of the marriage seminars I do, sharing with you before the program, that, that couples go through stages, and I think we'll talk about that a little bit today. Mm-hmm. And one of those stages always, I think I'm safe in saying that, mm-hmm. always involves conflict. Yes. <laughs> Do you agree? I agree. Well, because relationships, um, all relationships have conflict. If you think about um, just in the media, good books, uh, compelling movies, they're mm-hmm. all about conflicts in relationships, either mm-hmm. internal battles with someone's own self or um, relationship conflicts with other people or nations that have conflict. I mean, that is, uh, I think, part of the definition of a relationship is <laughs> you're relating with someone else who is a different entity, has different thoughts, feelings, beliefs. And <clears throat> I think sometimes we, we think, oh, Especially in marriage, we're going to agree, and we're going to be happy, and we're never mm. going to argue a day in our life, and that is not a relationship. Well, it's really not. You think about what the source of the conflict is, and you, you said this just now. It's the differences that we have. Mm-hmm. So if I prefer something, and you prefer something else, or if we have a different opinion about something, mm-hmm. this is what causes the conflict. But think about this, Julie. That's the whole reason that we want to have a relationship in the first place. Right. We wouldn't want to be with a world of just 
people just like us. Clones of myself. Yeah. How would I like to be married to me? Oh. I would not like to be married to myself. I, way too difficult. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think those differences are what initially attract us to our partners in that infatuation stage. There's this mm-hmm. person who compliments our strengths, compliments um, what we have to offer, and it's so attractive initially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that very same thing becomes the you know, frequently becomes the source of conflict later on. That is, that is so true. I have actually asked couples in my office, what is it that's, that, that got you together in the first place? And she'll say something like, oh, he was just so carefree and fun-loving. <laughs> well, what's bothering you now? He's irresponsible. Well, he's just so lazy and irresponsible. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that the same thing? It's just reframed. Right. Uh, you know, different it, twist on the same animal there. Exactly. And I think if we recognize that in marriage that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it's not and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but um Mm-mm. It, it's an expected thing. Mm-hmm. It's a natural part of having a relationship. Yes. Well, we're we're jumping ahead just a little bit. I want you to Talk about something that you just mentioned. You said infatuation, mm-hmm. as if everybody knows what that stage is. Mm, well, you... I think a lot of people do. Um, mm-hmm. The infatuation stage of a relationship is just you know when you are yearning for that person. They're all you think about. You want to be with them 24-7. Your mm-hmm. heart is just wide open for this other individual and mm-hmm. and just feels like if you know if you lose this relationship, a part of you will die. And mm-hmm. so that's usually what brings uh, people together in marriage. Mm-hmm. I, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. You're so wonderful. Um, and during that stage, we are really, um, really forgiving and uh, accommodating. Like we don't even see sometimes the, the, the negative traits because we're just so in love. It's my dad used to talk about this when I was a teenager. He says, your head's in a pink cloud. <laughs> and yeah. that's kind of what it's like. Yeah. And um, it, it is. It's a different state of, of mind. Mm-hmm. And it's a natural beginning point of a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not the whole relationship. Right. Well, and that's a good point, Dr. Paul, is sometimes uh, I think we all know individuals, and I've seen them in my practice, I'm sure you have too, where they become addicted to that first phase of mm-hmm. the relationship, the infatuation phase. Well, it's a lot that of fun. High, well, and it's, um, physiologically, there's a high. I mean, That's you true. You feel euphoric. It's and a s- chemical reaction. Exactly. <laughs> and so um, people will go from beginning of a relationship to a beginning of a relationship and never learn how to move past that first stage. And, and unfortunately, they're robbing themselves of so much growth from getting, mm-hmm. <laughs> from actually making it to the next stage. In and, their relationship. And that next stage is? Realization is what I like to call it. Yeah. Reality. Mm. So um, that might sound like, oh, I thought you were more like this. Or, oh, um, you know. This isn't exactly what I yeah. expected. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people say the seven-year itch. But I think, you know, within a few years into marriage, you kind of think, wow, I thought they were this way. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I, th- I thought we had more similar values about parenting and we don't, or mm-hmm. you seem mm-hmm. so energetic when we were dating and now you, you don't want to do anything. I mean, just lots of, of ways that, uh, you know, we become kind of disillusioned and, and disappointed with our spouse. They're not mm-hmm. kind of perfect in our eyes anymore. So you've uh, heard the phrase, the honeymoon's over. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're getting at here, that there's this, the, you know, the honeymoon symbolizes all of this infatuation and all of this excitement and this energy, but it doesn't have a lot of structure to it. Mm-hmm. There's not a real clarity about about roles and expectations and, and just the routines of life. Mm-hmm. And at some point, the reality sets in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think taking on the role of husband and wife has different meaning than the role of fiance, girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, Um, so we kind of take, once we become husband and wife and kind of get used to those roles, then we bring in other expectations from our family Mm -hmm. of origin. That's right. We probably should talk about that one a little bit more as soon as we come back from this next break. kids is one of the most challenging and rewarding experiences we can have in life. Your children didn't come with an owner's manual, so it's up to you to learn whatever will assist you in your role as a mom or a dad. Join me and my husband, Dr. Paul, for a free weekly discussion about all of the hot topics in parenting. Listen to what others are saying about these calls. By applying the things I've learned to the parental power calls, I'm finally becoming the mom I always thought I would be. I really like to use parental power as kind of like a reference book. So as I have concerns with my parenting, I like to be able to look up on the blog and then listen to whatever podcast seems closely related. So I like the variety of of topics, the variety of age groups that are addressed. I'm on the parental power calls as often as I possibly can because I know I'm going to come away with something I can apply to being a parent that very day. Let us join your parenting team through parental power. Just send an email to drpaul at liveonpurposeradio.com to register for the live calls. Or just check us out first through the link at drpaul.org. All of the previous calls are posted on our blog site, where you can also add your own input. Let's team up to start parenting on purpose. This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about morebetterbooks.com. Morebetterbooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on morebetterbooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees, as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States and in Israel and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hit messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great, These titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go to morebetterbooks.com today and begin to have a more better life and live that life on purpose.
as we're talking about conflict, it's really obvious to me that the reason we have conflict is because of our differences. Mm-hmm. But it's exactly those differences that make us interesting to each other. Right. I mean, even when you look at it at a, at a very fundamental level, gender, okay, the differences are what make us interesting to each other. Yeah. And, and that's an exciting thing. But you get past this infatuation stage and all of the pink cloud and the, the, the I'm falling in love and you hear music in the background and everything else to the reality sets in. Mm-hmm. Realization. And this person that you were infatuated with happens to be a real human being. <laughs> with faults and weaknesses, and they look funny in the mornings and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that reality sits in. And you mentioned something earlier, too, that I think we should talk through a little bit. Everybody comes into marriage with some preconceptions, some, uh, some prepackaged ideas and notions about what marriage is in the first place mm-hmm. or what a relationship is like. Yeah. Could you talk about that just a little bit and what sure, you were thinking? Sure. I call it the default mode. Um, Mm. All of us in our early relationships, we have this uh, template or a default mode of what a relationship is, what a husband is, how to, Mm. what a wife is, how how to deal with conflict, how to deal with anger, um, how to, you know, cook rice the correct way, how to, I mean, Uh all of the things that, that we tend to grow up with, we think are, you know, we each think is the right way. And, and it's it, it's just a way, <laughs> but we, we think it's the way. And so you get two mm-hmm. people with different expectations that they believe are, are right um, mm-hmm. and that there's some, there's some conflict that happens. So in, in my practice, uh, one of the stages of, of working with couples is helping them to see that their preferences uh, and expectations, but they're not most of them aren't moral issues, a right or a wrong kind right. of thing. It's just what you're used to. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot on this show about paradigm mm-hmm. and your worldview and just how you see the world. Yeah. And there was this uh, powerful example that I encountered, I think initially back in graduate school, but then I went about, oh, two, three months ago, and I, I actually researched this thing that I had heard about. And it was this guy back in the 1800s who developed a pair of spectacles that turned everything upside down. Mm. If you can imagine wearing those. And he did this experiment to see what would happen if I were to wear these long enough to get used to it. Wow. So he put them on. Mm -hmm. And as you can imagine at first, he's bumping into everything. (laughs) Can you imagine filling up a cup of water at the sink? Or, you know, just routine everyday things were very difficult because everything was upside down. But the fascinating thing that he discovered on the eighth day, his name's George Stratton, by the way, if you guys want to go Google that. On the eighth day, everything looked normal to him. It did not look upside down. So he took off the glasses and then everything was upside down. You know how your mom used to tell you, don't cross your eyes, they'll stick. Right, right. Maybe that's true. I don't know. But everything looked normal to him. And a group of German researchers in 1951 replicated this study and found on the average, it takes about 10 days for the human mind to correct an upside down image to where it looks normal to you. And that seems really fantastic until you realize you do this all the time. What happens when you put on a pair of sunglasses? Everything looks 
dark at first, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what does it look like, you know, three, four, five hours after you put the glasses on? Well, now it looks normal to you. Right. It doesn't look dark anymore. Then you take them off, and you're blinded. Right. <laughs> like, ah. And then you have to constantly adjust to whatever it is that you're seeing. But mm-hmm. the point, and, and the powerful point to me is getting back exactly to what you just said. You come into a marriage or a relationship with the default mode. This is what I've trained myself or I've been trained to think or to perceive or to see Mm -hmm. in a relationship. And it looks perfectly normal to you. That doesn't mean you're right. Right. And I I think a a lot of conflict early on in marriages, Paul, is, um, you know, trying to figure out who's right. Well, the the way my family did it. Well, and... When, when we get that, there is no right. There's no right. It's, it's a pref- Most things mm-hmm. are a preference. Um, mm-hmm. And just the way that you're used to, like you said, the glasses that you've been, been wearing. And something else looks so weird to you. Mm-hmm. And, and so you think, well, that can't be right. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> look normal to me. Let me give you an, a personal example. Yeah. Um, within the first few years of marriage... My husband was really good at pointing out the weird things in my family and vice versa. I could point out, you know. Oh, you can see them. They stick out like a sore thumb, (laughs) don't they? So one big difference was we'd get together with his family and they would play games. And Mm. my family played games, but when we got together, we would talk. Mm. We'd sit around and we'd talk. And so it was just Mm -hmm. different default modes. I That's thought right. family gatherings where you sit around and talk and, you know, have a meal together and they have a meal and play games. And mm-hmm. so it was really odd to me and, and vice versa. But we've kind of, mm-hmm. um, we've learned now he's a lot uh, more open to the way my family likes to do things. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty competitive at, at the, uh, the games too. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you, you, we expand each other. Which by... is the beautiful thing about a relationship because here I am limited with the view that I have of the world, and it really is limiting, mm-hmm. and it might be a great view. It might be an awesome default mode, but that's not all there is. And when you get into a relationship, it's like you have just been given an opportunity to try on a pair of, of glasses that are shaded purple. Yeah. Okay, now everything looks a little weird mm-hmm. to you being purple, but just try them on. Yeah. See if you can get used to that a little bit and see what... What richness it adds to your life yeah. to, to see it differently. And it, it's really a gift if we can move beyond the who's right, which perspective mm-hmm. is right. Um, it, it just is a gift that can expand our, our awareness that, mm-hmm. oh, wow, there are lots of different ways to do life. And, mm-hmm. and I think an important thing that I, that I have learned in my own marriage and then I help clients with is to... Learn to talk openly about your expectations, not as mm-hmm. a right or wrong, but just uh, one of the best phrases I've ever used is, what are your expectations for today, honey? And then you oh, can yeah. talk about it instead of just assuming, well, on Saturdays, good families always do it. Mm-hmm. Work in the yard, wash the cars, you know, <laughs> just being able to articulate what your expectations are um, is really mm-hmm. important. Which makes a lot more sense when you realize that somebody else has a different pair of glasses on. Mm -hmm. They don't see it like you do. But, you know, we're all sort of inclined to uh, 
to think that we're right mm-hmm. just because that's the way we're used yeah. to. Or because we have, you know, advanced degrees in, in the uh-huh. social sciences. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> I've heard a couple of times, don't pull that psychology crap. <laughs> don't therapize me. That's what my, my kids will say. <laughs> right. And it's just, that's just part of your view too. Right. I'm like, I'm not, this is, I can't help it. This mm. is just how I am. So the, I guess what we're getting down to in this realization mode, it's like, it's like the realization or the noticing. You're finally noticing that you and your spouse or this other person that you're in a relationship with are wearing different glasses. Mm-hmm. The world looks different to you. Right. And, and it's not about who's right. It's about what's your perception? What's your... Preference. Preference. Expectations. Preference is a very useful word. Yeah, because there's no connotation of right or wrong. It's just, Mm -hmm. I prefer it this way. That's right. Um, Another great phrase that we use all the time in in my home is, it would mean a lot to me if. It would mean a lot to me if you would do X, Y, and Z. Mom, it would mean a lot to me Mm -hmm. if you would take me shopping today. Instead of, you never do this, or you always, or... Yeah, getting into the accusing mode. Mm-hmm. or the, And what happens if someone feels accused or criticized? What's their reaction likely to be? You know? Defensive and not want to listen to you? Or... It, it, it's so funny to me that this puzzles people. Yeah. You know, why is my spouse so defensive? Because you're attacking them? You know, <laughs> meanwhile, you're holding a gun to their head. Right, going, do this. And saying, you know, don't be defensive. Right. And it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. So you got to back up, be able to see that whole picture. It's not about who's right. You know, I think it's more useful to think about what's right in, term of, in terms of a moral standpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and leaving your, your mind open to, okay, is this really a moral issue? Right. Or is this just a preference issue? And, you know, um, a lot of my clients are very... Um, surprised at how few things really are moral issues for them. That's right. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. should I, I feel like strangling my husband, should I? No, that would not be good. That's a moral that, issue, right? right. But, but, but how to, um, how to deal with anger or how to, um, you know, how many times a week you should make love or how many, how mm-hmm. you should parent. Those are, those are preferences. They're not moral they're not That's moral right. issues. And I think sometimes we think everything is because, you know, we have to be right about it. And This gets even trickier when you add the kids to the mix. Mm-hmm. I have had so many parents who are just sure, they are absolutely certain that whether or not their child attends school today is a moral issue. Right, right. And it's just not. Right. You know, there are other more important, more fundamental things to be focused on. And when you can let go of some of those those rigid beliefs that you're holding right? and be willing to just ask yourself, you know, is this a preference issue? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's another way to see this? I, a good friend of mine is, um, is also a, a therapist and has been on the show a couple of times. His name's Craig Rollo. Mm-hmm. And he gave me a tool that was just powerful once. He said, here's a question you can ask. And it's a potentially relationship saving question. What else might this mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how you conclude that it means something. Right. And, and that's a great point. We usually conclude what it means based on our default mode. That's right. So if, if we grew up in a home where um, dad was 
in charge. He kind of held the control. We, if so, say we're a woman. Um, dad is kind of controlling. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. we grow up. Our tendency might be to interpret husband as controlling, whether or not he is or not remains to be seen. But we we mm-hmm. look for evidence that um, will affirm what we already believe, mm-hmm. and. It's just so freeing for clients to recognize, oh, there are a lot of other options for what this behavior can mean. This could mean something Mm -hmm. else. Yeah. Great question. We're going to take another break and we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. Some of you have been asking how you can get more involved with the show. And I also appreciate those of you who have offered to support the show. Now you can do both easily by purchasing a Top Spots listing. For a very small donation to the show, your link will be posted at liveonpurposeradio.com. Just go to the website and look for the Top Spots widget on the right side panel. Click at the bottom and follow the simple instructions. You will then be at the top of the list. Thanks for your support. I've got a great idea. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. Have you ever ordered a t-shirt with a funny saying that was screen printed on the front? This simple process is now turning millions for one California woman who has the fashion world going gaga. In her own words, Leanne Ford describes the moment the idea came to her. I was on a walk, she says, and I had this idea. There were all these cool parents out there, but there weren't a lot of cool baby clothes. She started thinking about how old vintage t-shirts with funny sayings on them were always a hit with adults, but babies are stuck with the same old blue and pink outfits with bunnies and duckies on them. So Leanne ventured forth with her idea and started making a clothing line for babies called Punkster. Picture some of these punk baby sayings on a little one that you know. I crawl the line, or I pooed as opposed to I pod, or how about remember the little people, or she's with me. These funny little shirts are not just a new flair of attitude, they have taken the world by storm. Within months, celebrities such as Keith Urban, Emmylou Harris, Sarah Evans, Nicole Kidman, and Cheryl Crow have all made their purchases. The simple, funny baby tees are now in over 200 retail stores, including Barney's New York and FAO Schwartz. People's Magazine, Parent Magazine, and many others have caught on the buzz and helped promote punksters into a huge idea for little people. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. I've got a great idea. Wouldn't you like to know? You probably can't bear it, so I guess I'll have to share it. I thought of it a moment Okay, Julie, I'm thinking we're going to have to 
to get past this realization stage somehow, because there's got to be more to it than just, oh, this is going to be a great marriage, and then, bonk, here's the reality of the whole thing. Right. Oh, right. crap. Now I just have to deal with this, you know? And, and some people get stuck there. Some people abandon ship mm-hmm. right there at the realization stage, and they say, this isn't what I had in mind. I'm out of here. Yeah. This isn't fun for me anymore. So there's got to be another stage. There is, and that is transformation. Mm. And if couples can hang in there through the realization and recognize that that's a normal stage, mm-hmm. um, then transformation can happen after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a large number of divorces happen within the first 10 years of marriage, which is probably this realization like, oh, wow, is this really what I bargained mm-hmm. for? You know? Yeah, sure. Um, so in the, tra- in the transforming stage, um, what I help couples with is is seeing their spouse differently and seeing those annoying uh, traits or habits or things that are sources of conflict in a different context based Mm -hmm. on uh, your spouse's childhood wounds and by wounds I don't mean necessarily abuse or things like that but we Mm -hmm. we all have imperfect families and we all have to learn how to adapt to our our uh, specific family system and Mm -hmm. we develop coping skills to get us through that and what Mm -hmm. I've found in my practice is that um, when when couples can see that bigger picture and see their spouse as a vulnerable child and maybe Mm -hmm. you know a big complaint is he won't he never talks to me so if if that wife can see wow, he really had to shut down his emotions because his mom had problems with rage. And whenever he was real Mm. with his emotions, he would get yelled at. Get clobbered for it. Right. Right. So instead of seeing him as this cold, distant guy, seeing husband as this sad, shut down little boy, Mm. it's so the approach and the feeling inside is so so different. Mm -hmm. So then that unlocks this empathy that I think is the key to the transforming stage is to empathize with uh with your spouse in a new way. And Mm -hmm. it just creates a lot of other possibilities for how you can relate with them and help Mm. them heal that wound instead of being so the tendency for for this wife would be to criticize you know, the right. husband, like, oh, you never talked to me. Blah, blah, blah. When she gets that, that's rewounding, just like the critical raging mom She's did. making it worse. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that she has the key to helping heal that by being a safe place, by, um, <gasps> by gently drawing him out emotionally. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it is really transformational for couples. So empathy, I think this is a real key. Mm-hmm. And it's a skill, it's a skill that requires a level of maturity to practice. Definitely. In fact, we see this in kids. They really don't develop empathy until they reach a certain level of emotional maturity. Mm-hmm. And uh, to define it better, I think that there are two important characteristics of empathy. And that is that you understand and care mm. about how somebody else feels. Mm-hmm. So what you're talking about really adds to that understanding. If you can back off from it enough to see that, okay, maybe this means something else. You know, use that question. What else might this mean? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it means that that my spouse is responding to some, some patterns that were learned even as a child. Mm-hmm. And what could be causing those, you know, and allowing yourself to ask those questions. And then caring about it. 
and caring. It, it matters to you. Yeah. It's important to you that your spouse is feeling this or experiencing this and then approaching it empathically rather than critically. Right. And that's where the transformation happens. When um, I also teach uh, clients this technique, I call it creating a backstory. So oh. when your spouse uh, or you're having negative feelings or, or conflict, to instead of um, assuming, oh, well, it's because they don't love me or I'm not good enough or they're a jerk, making these assumptions, mm-hmm. this goes along with what, what else could it mean question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you create a scenario that would make that behavior or trait make sense. Right. And so it doesn't even have to be a real one, but to be able to do that, like, okay, so say there's a, a husband, uh, for example, uh, comp- a source of conflict is that his wife um, talks to her mom all day, every day, and they're just really, really too close for, for his comfort level. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so... You're totally making that up, right? You've never heard that one. R- never. <laughs> <laughs> right. Never heard that. Um, so he might create a backstory that would make that make sense. Um, so I'm going to ask you to do that, put you on the spot. Okay, bring it on. So how how would you make that make sense? And so instead of going, gosh, she's so, you know, she's way too close to her mom. She's such a mama's girl. She can't make a decision by herself. Mm-hmm. How could you, what story could you make up about that behavior? Oh, I love making up stories. This particular one, I yeah. actually know what happened. Okay. Oh, good. And here's what happened. She went to the hospital with her mom and they did a brain scan. And they found that there was this little portion of her mom's brain that was missing. (laughs) It was missing. It was gone altogether. And that she was going to die. She she would absolutely perish unless her daughter called her every day because that was going to make up for the deficits that were caused by this little piece of her brain being missing. How am I doing? That's great. (laughs) (laughs) No, you said it didn't have to be true or, or even feasible. Right. So you can have fun with it. You can also mm-hmm. come up with ones that, based on what you know about the history of your spouse, that might be feasible. Mm-hmm. So, sure. So an ex- ex- another example might be, um, well, I know that she grew up in a, a single-parent home where dad mm-hmm. left when, um, when they were, you know, when my wife was really young. And so it would make sense that they really survived that difficult situation mm-hmm. by being really close that's and, right. and i taking bet that's care of each other right and, and maybe my wife um feels the need to take care of her mom because her you know her dad mm-hmm. left okay that makes sense um i don't have to like it but it makes sense and then mm-hmm. you can have the empathy right. and be able to to articulate um your feelings about it in a in an empathetic, loving mm-hmm. way instead of a critical, uh, you know, negative way. Well, you know, you're you're creating a story whether you know it or not. Right. Which story are you creating, and what kind of what kind of wake is it leaving in your life? Yeah. And and if you don't like the results, how about you just build a new story? Right. And it could be any number of things. What if what if this particular wife feels more compassionate and loving and and uh, warm toward her husband if she's had a chance to talk to her mom. Okay? And she's right. doing that to help manage her. 
you can make up whatever story right. you want. But you know what? The other thing, as you, re- as you respond to people, you're going to respond to them with a certain, should we call it a frequency maybe? Hmm. Where, where you're putting out a certain kind of a vibration. Okay, this sounds a little woo-woo to some people, but... An ener- just a, an intensity or energy it's level. It's the energy. Mm-hmm. It's just like the radio. When you're tuning in a radio, you can turn in different stations depending on which frequency you're on. And somebody walks into a room, you can tell what kind of a mood they're in. Right. Even, the vibes. We use the word all the time. Ooh, exactly. He gave me bad vibes or... Yeah. Right. The, the family dog knows whether something's wrong or not. <laughs> So there's definitely a way you respond to people. And if you can change the story in your mind and change the frequency of the vibration that you're sending back, it's going to make a big difference in how people are relating to you. Mm-hmm. And what, what I think is so amazing is that when we can come from a place of empathy uh, and, and softness, that it's mm-hmm. more likely that we will actually get what we want. Exactly. I mean, we think that if we nag and criticize enough, someone will change, and that does the exact opposite. They dig their heels in, they mm-hmm. get defensive, def- you know, tr- and you get in this power struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the softness and openness is what actually, mm-hmm. will, you'll get what you want. More often than not. <laughs> it's much, much more likely because then people don't dig in their heels mm-hmm. and they don't pull up the shields right. and pull out the swords. Let, let me uh, give you an example from my marriage early on. Um, my husband grew up in a family with, uh, with several boys and they watched sports a lot. I mean, that was a big part of their life. And for me, I'm from mm-hmm. a family with mostly girls and the, uh, my dad's a musician, not that into team sports. Mm-hmm. And so... When we, we got married, he would come home and watch sports as kind of the first thing. And I felt mm-hmm. like, he well, he must not care about me because he doesn't want to talk to me. He wants to watch sports. Oh. And so that kind of became a um, an issue earlier on. And later on, we talked about it. He was able to articulate what that meant to him on a deeper level. Like this, it reminds mm. me of my brothers, or that's the way I unwind, or... Um, it's really important to me. It's, I really just, enjoy this. It carried a meaning for him you weren't aware of. Right. I just thought, oh, well, it, I made it mean that he didn't care about me as much as mm-hmm. he cared about sports. Or, you know, I mean, I didn't really believe mm-hmm. that, but, but that's kind of the oh, direction. Oh, but our minds do goofy <laughs> things, though. Yeah. And once I got the empathy, like, oh, wow, this is really important to him. Okay. It's not that he, he'd rather do this than talk with me. It's... You know, I got that backstory. He filled me in. Yeah. And it's not about you. <laughs> right. And so I, I was able to go, oh, yeah, that's great. Watch your sports and, you know, I'm here and let's, we'll talk later or, or what we were able to negotiate it. So I think as, um, as spouses, we can provide more of that backstory to each other. And it's really helpful to mm-hmm. know what something means emotionally based on our past experiences Mm-hmm. And when we get that um, deeper understanding about what something means, then it's it's so much easier to to grant that wish to our spouse. Right, and you're more you're more willing to you're more desirous to fill in the holes or to to provide what it is that your spouse is looking for. Right. Instead of jealously or or selfishly 
just trying to seek what it is that you want Mm -hmm. or assuming that their behavior is all about you. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a personal and an impersonal component to everything. Right. And, uh, it's about you and it's not about you. Right. It's personal (laughs) because it's happening to you. Right. Right. But it's, it's not personal because it's, it's not about you. Right. It's about those preferences and that, uh, that default mode that your spouse is going back to. Yeah. We've got one more segment to finish this thing off. So we'll be right back. And when you pray, pray for strength to help you carry on when the troubles come your way. If the pile of books you want to read is growing faster than the pile you have read, then Abundant Reading Systems can help you. After taking Abundant Reading Systems course, I dramatically increased my ability to expand my knowledge in a much more efficient way. My fastest test today was in 7,000 words per minute. I highly recommend this program. From what I've seen it do for other people who've been through the entire program and from what I've seen in myself today. I've teamed up with Abundant Reading Systems to offer a single day intensive speed reading workshop that will at least double your reading speed, guaranteed. This belief started to grow inside of me that I thought, oh, I can really do this. I can read, you know, as fast as I let myself read. And uh, ended up doubling my time, my speed reading time, which was really good. This is David Hinton, founder of Abundant Reading Systems. I want to personally invite you to join us for our next event. Visit AbundantReadingSystems.com now. Abundant Reading Systems. Reading at the speed of imagination. This is Ross Kellen Moore of Creation Tree Coaching, and I've got two questions for you. Who are you? What do you want? You see, I've figured out that you and I can absolutely create anything that we really want. But to do that, we've got to be absolutely clear on who we really are and what we really want. So what do you want? More financial abundance? More fulfilling relationships? A higher level of health and fitness? How about finding your work that allows you to create massive value for others in the way that you love most? Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching. We are the world's premier provider of abundance, education, and resources. We are here to help you create the life you really love. Begin now at creationtreecoaching.com. Check out our live teleseminar classes and podcasts. Get to know our coaches and schedule a coaching session. Explore training for your business and employees. Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching and a whole new world that you create on purpose. Thank you for joining me for the Live on Purpose radio podcast. It is truly an honor to be a part of your prosperity team. Please visit my website, drpaul.org, to get connected with other tools for you and your family. There you will find links to my weekly e-zine, Empower, Harnessing the Power of the Mind, and to the free Parental Power teleconference that I host every week with my wife, Vicki. You can also check out upcoming events or pick up powerful information products. Feel free to contact me directly with questions, comments, or to book me for your company or private event. Email me through drpaul at liveonpurposeradio.com.
So Julie, you and I are both involved in a lot of different things. We are. <laughs> and the most important of which is, is our own families and yes. our own marriages and our own relationships. And that really is the priority. That's, I, I've found if people get too distracted from that by a career or by a pursuit of some kind of, of monetary goal or something, mm-hmm. uh, they just don't have the fulfillment and happiness that they want or that they seek. Yeah, I agree. And people will spend hundreds and thousands of dollars trying to sort out, well, what do I need to change? What, you know, what needs to be fixed in my life so that I can finally feel okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll come to your office for counseling therapy. They come to my office for the, for the coaching and counseling that I do. But really, a lot of the key to figuring out what they need to change or what they could adjust that would make them happier is right in their own home. Mm-hmm. It's in their relationships. Yes, and if you, if you think about... Um, Think for a moment about the complaints that your family gives you. Hmm. Um, the ones that are hard to hear. They're usually right on. When couples come into my office That's right. and they say, well, you know, whatever that complaint is, um, they're right. Both of them are right. She's, mm-hmm. He's too controlling or she's too, she's too naggy or whatever the complaint mm-hmm. is. Um, they're both right. And if we can be open to what our loved ones are saying to us, um, that's exactly the thing that we need to work on. So check this out. When your spouse says something like that, Mm -hmm. now, granted, the spouse could present it in a more palatable way. We can talk about that too. But when they say something that really cuts to the heart, that really gets down inside your skin... Do you find yourself becoming defensive? And if you do, you might want to ask yourself, hmm, (laughs) I wonder why I feel defensive about this. Because if they are completely psychotic and up in the night, are you really going to feel defensive? You'll just be neutral. Like, what what are you talking about? You're just blown up. You know, I used to work in the psych ward at the hospital. Mm -hmm. It was a locked unit. The police would bring people in who were just crazy right yeah and these people would say some interesting things to me some of which were very offensive if i were to choose to be offended by them but i would just consider the source i would look at it and say oh this person is completely crazy they don't know a thing about me and so why should i be offended and i wasn't i i wasn't offended i didn't become defensive about it i would just note it in their chart <laughs> Yeah. And we'd go on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when your spouse says something, you first of all, this person is closer to you, you have an intimate relationship with this person, but they probably know you and maybe even better than you know yourself sometimes. Right. Because our our loved ones can see our blind spots mm-hmm. and we can't. So I think that's where the the transformation can take place. If we, mm-hmm. you know, and I encourage couples and I encourage my own family to do this. Don't wait till they give complaints. Ask for the feedback. Be mm-hmm. proactive. Say, what can I, I mean, I say on a regular basis to my, uh, to my kids or my husband, what can I do to be a better mom to you or a better wife? Mm-hmm. 
And my daughter might, you know, a few months ago, my 14-year-old said, I just, I don't feel like I have enough time with just you. Can we do something? And I said, yeah, thank you. You know, I have been really overwhelmed lately. Let's do something. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if we're proactive in asking for that feedback, they'll give it to us. And it's exactly Mm -hmm. the areas that we need to work on in order to be uh, more well-rounded, fully developed human beings and it'll sound better to you if you've just requested it instead of waiting for them to get so darn frustrated with you that it comes out in an explosion right and then you're going to be more defensive but it is it is exactly what you need to hear and remember these people love you Mm -hmm. they don't want to destroy you Uh, they want to give you some feedback about how you're impacting them right right and that's good to hear yeah, and it's not only good to hear, it's crucial, I think, for our growth. And that's mm-hmm. why we live in families. So we, we have mm-hmm. all of these, um, these relationships that we have to learn to navigate and, and these mirrors of what we need to work on. And it's just a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And what if you could learn enough about yourself in these key relationships that then you're you're more likely to connect on a meaningful level with other people mm-hmm. outside of your home yeah. or yeah. in the world in general. You know, if we could all become a little more authentic and a little more accepting of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We started this discussion by saying moving, getting to the heart of it, moving from contention to compassion. Mm-hmm. We've talked about empathy. We've talked about how the feedback you get from your spouse or from someone else in your family is really probably going to be on target at least someone. Mm -hmm. A kernel of truth at minimum. Put down the shield and allow that to to germinate a little bit inside of you and see where where you can go with it. Yeah. What would you recommend if if we just switch places for a minute that receiving the feedback is part of it? Mm-hmm. Talk about the giving of the mm. feedback for a minute. Would you address that? Yeah. Uh, you know, we addressed it a little bit um, earlier, but this phrase mm-hmm. that, that I, like I said, I use a lot is, it would mean a lot to me if. Mm-hmm. So what's a common complaint you hear, Paul, in your coaching practice? What a spouse, you know, kind of one of the mo- most well, frequently complained I, about issues. You know what? And I can go ahead and personalize this too because I want... I want all of you listeners to know that I have these discussions partially because this is a way for me to improve my life. Mm-hmm. And so I get feedback. I'm looking at my son over here on the control panels. I get feedback from my kids and from my wife that I'm not around enough because mm. I am a very driven, very um, busy person. Mm-hmm. I'm involved in a lot of things, and I get feedback from them sometimes that I'm not around enough. <laughs> That's why we get along well, because I get the same feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in giving that feedback, it would mean a lot to me if we could spend more time together. I'd like to mm-hmm. go to a movie with you, Dad, or let's, let's spend some one-on-one time. What, what I've found in my practice is that people usually say what they don't want or what they don't like, but we don't as often say what we want mm-hmm. from the person. So it would mean a lot to me if... It's just Powerful. a great way because it's not you always, you never. Why do you? Well, do you see how that feels too? It would mean a lot to me if we could spend some more time together. 
you're like, okay, when? Oh, <laughs> you just melt, right? Let's do that. Right. And and then compare that to you're never here. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, Sorry. <laughs> um, one one thing that that we can do is is um, when we do get the uh, the sword drawn, someone says mm-hmm. an attacking mm-hmm. thing, we can reframe it. Um, and let me give. I'm trying to think of an example. So say you know you're never around, Dad. Say your child says that. Mm-hmm. You can come back and say, Wow, you really miss me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's really what they're saying right right if you if you can kind of go okay what's the emotion here mm-hmm. um, a, an example of this is several years ago um, my husband took our children on a trip to Yellowstone and I stayed home and a friend was coming in town mm-hmm. and and my son said you know you you missed this you didn't you didn't see this buffalo and you I can't believe you didn't come and and I said that I said wow you really missed me you wish I was there and he he totally changed. Yeah, uh, it's really cool. Right we it just changed his attitude toward me. So I mm-hmm. think even when we are presented with with something that is sharp, mm-hmm. uh, a, a sharp approach, can you translate on the fly? Translate it to what are they? What's the emotional thing that mm-hmm. they are wanting from me? And it just diffuses that the conflict. Mm-hmm. I've found this. I've I've had a number of discussions with Vicky, with my wife, mm-hmm. uh, where she is expressing something that my initial response sometimes is the defensiveness. Well, wait a minute, wait, you know, and I want to explain it when really what I'm hearing from her translated on the fly is is my spouse's language for I'm scared, mm. and when I hear it as I'm scared. I want to reach out to her. Mm-hmm. I want to. That's the vulnerable emotion, right. the vulnerable child. If you can see her as this, oh, she's mm-hmm. this scared little girl instead of this, the naggy wife or mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's so much easier to respond with a loving, empathetic, warm response. That's what you want to do. That's your natural response to that. Mm-hmm. But it requires separating yourself enough from it to realize wait, this isn't about me, mm-hmm. this is another human being having a, an experience that's tied into their default mode mm-hmm. or what they've learned throughout their life. And what else might this mean? Yeah. And then being able to, to translate on the fly so that you don't jump to something that's just going to make it worse. Right, right. And we have some innate tendencies built into us. It's called the fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's a whole other That's podcast. another show. <laughs> it is, and we've done some about that too, but uh, learning to monitor that and realizing that, okay, well, we've got some things here that are, um, that are needing to be interpreted a little differently. Right. And, right. and backing off from it. Powerful stuff. What is, is there anything else that you're thinking of that you would really like to communicate uh, to wrap this up today? Um, you know, I just want to encourage the listeners to listen to what their spouses are saying mm-hmm. um, with, a, with an openness to learn, not mm-hmm. to make them right or wrong, but just to learn what, what are they trying to teach me? Mm-hmm. Because that's where the transformation can really take place, when we listen to that feedback yes. without, without defensiveness. Um, that's well put. And, and just to know that, you know, that conflict is a part of relationships mm-hmm. and being able to manage that, manage the differences is mm-hmm. what makes the difference between a marriage that works right. and one that doesn't. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. 
Julie, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Thank it's you, just Dr. been Paul. a thrill to be with you. This is Julie Diazavedo Hanks, licensed clinical social worker, founder and director of Wasatch Family Therapy. And please go to wasatchfamilytherapy.com to see what Julie's doing with her practice, especially if you live in the Wasatch Front. You're going to have an opportunity for a great resource there with some people who are really connected to some principles. And then also the show that you're doing on KJAZZ. I just want to point people back to that. And we may have some opportunities to combine our resources again. Yes, I'd love to have you on the show again. And I'll look forward to that myself. That's at uh, kjazz.com, kjzz.com. And it's the home team show, specifically Monday. The Monday show is the relationship. You and me Monday. Mm -hmm. And that's with Julie. Yeah, 9 a.m. on Mondays. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Dr. Paul. I want to encourage all of our listeners to go out there and apply what you've learned today. Do something. You were inspired to do something. Make sure you follow through on that. Go out there and live on purpose. <laughs>